And what we do while we're on this earth is going to determine forever where we spend forever. Mark 8 says these words, What good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. We're going to continue a series that I started a couple weeks ago, and, and the series is on eternity. Thank you all for letting me do that. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The series is on eternity. And I, I just want to talk to you about it just for a moment, because today I'm going to get pretty deep into this place called eternity. I've had people, pastor, why do you, why do you preach the messages you preach? Why do you bring the understanding of scripture the way you do? Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a very, very, very short time. I just had a friend whose wife, barely 50 years old, massive heart attack and died. Had a young man in our church in California, 26 years old, terminal cancer, died. I've done funerals for babies. I've done funerals for old people. Folks, it doesn't matter if it's 100 or if it's a day. In the light of eternity, it is a very short time. I preach the way I preach because I love everybody. I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody to be prosperous. I want everybody to just be wonderfully blessed in this life. But ladies and gentlemen, this life isn't what it's about. And the minute we focus on the temporal, we lose sight of the eternal. Now, yes, we can focus on both. But I have found us to be so myopically governed that we have a hard time looking past the moment. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So as I get into this today, last week we began our series with the understanding that the way we view eternity will make a huge difference in our life. If we only view life temporally or in the here and now, let me listen to what I'm saying. Every single aspect of your life, whether positive or negative, will be drastically affected. If all you're doing is looking at the here and now, if you have great victory, you'll have great jubilation. If you have great defeat or struggle, you'll have great irritation and frustration. But if you will begin to look at life with an eternal scope, you will begin to affect all of your life based on the understanding of what we talked about last week, that God makes all things beautiful in its time. We talked about that little ugly duckling and how it turned into a beautiful swan. Folks, everything that happens today doesn't always make sense. Can somebody say amen? But when you look at it through the scope of eternity or the scope of weeks and months and years, days and years gone by, you can say, I can see how that worked. Because God's word tells us in Romans 28 that he is working all things together for the good. 
That's so, that, that passage is so misquoted. He's working all things together for good. That's not what it says. He's working all things together for the good. What does that emphasize? That emphasizes you and me. He says it may be a bad situation, but you're the good that I'm going to turn the whole thing around for. But then he puts a little caveat in there, and he says, it's all because you love me, and you're called according to my purpose. My purpose. You see, our true success, our true victory, our our true overcoming is in Christ. It's not in this life. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10 that the thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that life more abundant. And we immediately think he's talking about the here and now. He's talking about eternity. That's why he tells us in another place in John, without me, you can do nothing. What is he talking about? Anything in your life without Christ will have no difference and no significance in eternity. It'll be here for a moment, and then it'll be gone. Well, last week we also looked at this quickly, that we learned eternity is the destination. It is not some far-off ethereal apparition that we think does not exist. And so, if all the things that we have talked about last week and we talk about this week are true and understanding and accepting these statements as being true, then what I want to do this morning is get a little deeper into this place called eternity, and I want to take it to right where you live. I want to talk about our part in the journey. It doesn't just happen. You don't just show up at a destination in eternity. You will show up in the destination you chose to show up in. Let's get into this this morning. Matthew chapter 7. Very familiar passage of scripture. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Now in your notes, you have your notes in front of you. If you're new here and you've uh, been here just a few times, I put notes in your, in your bulletins every week because I don't want you just to listen to what I'm preaching. I want you to take home and study it. I want you to go home and use the notes right, uh, right against God's word and say, is this, is this all line up here? Because that's how you're going to grow. You can go to our podcast, vlccaz.org. You can download the notes for free. You can download the podcast for free. Everything there is for free. I've had people over the years say, Pastor, you, you, you got so much good stuff. You should write books. Well, folks, if I write books, I need to sell books. And I would rather just give everything away. Okay? I think that's a pretty cool thing. How many think that's a pretty cool thing to do? I don't have to worry about getting into people stealing my material. People say, well, Pastor, can I use that? Do I need to give credit to you? I said, nah, just tell them, you know, God said. So in your notes, you can enter God's kingdom. I want you to underline and circle this word, only. Do you see that in your notes? You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. Its gate's wide. And there are many, would you underline that word? Many who choose that way. Many who choose that way. But the gateway, the road, the gate to life is narrow. The road is difficult. And then I want you to underline these next few words. Only a few ever find it. Now, folks, this isn't popular preaching, but this is necessary understanding. We wind up at the destination. I want you to look at me, please. Take your eyes off your notes, because I want to drive this home just quickly. Not to make anybody feel bad, but to make you understand. You will end up at the destination you have chosen. I can't choose it for you. Your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, they can't choose it for you. The devil can't choose it. 
But can I tell you, 2,000 years ago, God did choose. And he said, I choose life. Will you? Eternity. If it's a destination, are we preparing for the journey? Are we preparing for the journey? Now, I've already alluded to it. I've already elaborated a little bit to it. But I want to share a profound truth. Now, just sit back and make sure, get ready. This is going to come. Okay, are you ready? Where we wind up depends on the road we take. That's deep. Can I tell you something? If you leave here and you go due south, there ain't no way on earth you're going to get to Salt Lake City. If you leave this building and you go due east, you're not going to wind up in L.A. Now, yes, yes, yes. For some of you brainiacs, I know you can circumnavigate the globe and you could wind up in L.A. going east. But if you really look at it, once you get to the other side of the globe, you're really going west. So, using the current road systems we're on, there is no way you're going to get to Salt Lake from here going south, and there's no way you're going to get to L.A. going east. As I shared last week, and I want you to hear this, if we choose to focus simply on the temporal you are dedicating and determining your life to be limited to a journey that is governed solely by the temporal. If you want to have happiness, you're going to have to focus on happenings. If you want to have victory, you're going to have to make sure there's never a defeat. Well, the last thing I know, all the happenings aren't good and all the victories are not happening. So I have to focus on something a little bigger because if I will begin to see something more, if I know that there's more going on than what's going on, then I will come to the conclusion myself that there has to be something more that I can achieve. Can you say amen? And just as this is true in the physical realm, ladies and gentlemen, it is also true in the spiritual realm. You and I are on a journey to a place, to a destination called eternity. And the road we choose to travel on this earth is going to be the road that takes us to the destination that we have chosen. This is important to understand. I left it in your notes. Okay? The road that we choose is the road that's going to get us to the destination that we have determined. So let me say this. Let me say this here. And I want you, I want you, I want it to settle in. It is impossible. It is impossible to take the wrong road and wind up in heaven. Just as it's impossible to take a heavenly road and wind up in hell. It's an impossibility. If you want to go to heaven, there is a specific road you have to take. And what we do while we're on this earth is going to determine forever where we spend forever. Mark 8 says these words. What good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your own soul. It goes on to say, is there anything worth more than your soul? But then I want you to listen to the, the, the focus on this passage. Look what it says here. I want to reread it again. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Is there anything more important than your soul? Of course, duh, no. But look what Jesus says here. If anyone is ashamed of me. Look at how he ties the two together. In this adulterous and sinful day, generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of you when he comes and returns in his glory with 
the father and his angel, with the, the, his father's angels. Now look at the correlation there. He said, what good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Well, what's the value? Is there anything worth more than your soul? That's what's going to live for eternity is your soul. Okay? And then he ties it in there and he says, you have to understand, if you're ashamed of me, say, Pastor, how does that correlate? Many of us live lives that show Jesus we're ashamed of him. We don't stand up. John Haramil was speaking at the men's meeting uh, uh, yesterday and is wonderful, did a great job. And, and one of the statements that he said, and I'll just paraphrase, is a statement that I've said many times. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? When you're at work, do they know you're a Christian at work? Well, all they have to do is ask. They shouldn't have to. Now, I'm not, you know, Pastor, you're making me feel condemned. Now, the Bible says you're condemned already. All I'm doing is breathing the truth out. Okay? Look what he says. He said, what would you give in exchange for your soul? Is there anything worth more? He said, if you're ashamed of me, if the life I'm living does not emulate Christ, then am I not really ashamed of him? I brought my wife up here in front of all for everybody to see. When I'm with her any place, we're 90% of the time arm in arm, hand in hand. You know why? I want the whole world to know the greatest gift that walks next to me. Well, I walk with Jesus the same way. Kind of take on a little different perspective when you're living temporally. Well, you know, Pastor, this is the world we're living in. You know, I can't just, I can't just stand up and do this and that. And the other. Why? Why? You see, our life is but a moment. And it's on a journey to eternity. This life, and I want you to hear, ladies and gentlemen, this life is not the place to build longevity. It is the place to prepare for eternity. Abraham knew he was a sojourner. What that literally means, he was a temporary resident. Abraham, the father of our faith, he never built a house. The Bible says he always looked for the city whose maker and builder was God. He was saying literally in the scriptures you read about it, he's saying, God, why should I build here? I've got everything I'm looking for waiting there. You see, this temporary state, when we see it, we can clearly understand that from the moment we're born, we're completely surrounded by the temporary. How do we know that? Because death is all around us. A little over a month ago, my mother went home to be with the Lord. Just a couple days ago, uh, uh, my dear friend David Parble's dad went home to be with the Lord. Just, just a few days before that, a pastor friend of mine, I told you the wife was barely 50, went home to be with Folks, death is all around us. Loved ones pass away. Friends leave this world. And deep inside, we know that we someday will do the same. Throughout Scripture, there is a destination called eternity. And it has a common theme that each of us will face. But the destiny of this eternity is a choice. We're all going to face eternity. But the destination of that place. So let's go on quickly. If eternity is a destination, where are we destined? Well, you know, Pastor, I'm doing the best I can. Well, okay, wonderful. Well, Pastor, you know, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the school system. I'm in the corporate system. I'm in the, in the fill-in-the-blank system. <laughs> Folks, the only guarantee I have of life 
is that everyone are 100% guaranteed not to get out of life. And since we know that we're going to leave this world someday, don't you think it's better to start talking about and thinking about eternity sooner than later? It is essential that you and I begin to think in our daily life. I get up every day around 5 o'clock and I pray. I go, I was up at 5 o'clock this morning, probably 5.15. Actually, no, it was 4.19 the last time I looked at my clock. So it was before 5. I was up this morning praying and I was praying, calling out many of your names. Many people that are not here. Clint uh, Madison, uh, a man that comes to our church, he, he was taken to the hospital this morning. And, uh, you know, he ha- he's had some major surgeries and stuff. And, and Sandra and their daughter, uh, Amber, and her, uh, he went to the hospital. And they're, they've got some emergency stuff. They're going to check him. He was on my lips all morning. Why? Because I know that we're all a breath away from eternity. When I go visit somebody in the hospital, now I don't want you to take this wrong, but I'm really not praying for you to be well when I first get there. I'm praying for you to be saved when I first get there. I don't know. Do you know more people die going to the hospital than just being at home sick? I know that sounds bad, but it's true. Statistics. So that's the first thing I do is I find out where is their heart? Are they right with God? God forbid if something was to happen and they were to step out of time into eternity, do I know where they would be? You say, Pastor, why is it such a big deal? I'm young. Really? So was a friend of Courtney's. Died in a horrific car accident coming down Snowball. Very young, weren't they? They're in eternity. Maybe your friends. Why is it such a big deal? Very simply, folks, this destination called to eternity is a place that everyone is going to be forever. And it's your choice, whether it's heaven or hell. Oh, there's that, that other H word. They don't really believe in that. This book preaches it more than almost any other subject in Scripture. Guess what? I believe in a literal hell. The problem is, is why don't you? You see, if you don't, that's why eternity doesn't make a difference. We eat, drink, be merry. Tomorrow we die. I come back, you know, a slug if I didn't live a good life. Or one of those other little bugs, you know, and... Hopefully nobody steps on me. I I don't know. Why is the big deal? Because life is just for a moment. See, sadly, this is not a message that everyone wants to hear. But it is a message that is critical to all to acknowledge and to accept. As we need to know where we're going to spend eternity when we leave this world. Scripture's clear. There's only two possible destinations. Reincarnation is not one. Just dying and pushing up worms, that's not one. Let's go back to our text. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide. And there are many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is narrow, very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only a few find it. Though there are many, and you can read all over and you can watch TV, there are many that proclaim there are many paths that can travel to get to the same destination. But the only person that ever walked the earth that everything they ever said has been validated as 100% true. Every prophecy that they ever gave validated as 100%. Only one person. He said there's only two paths. His name is Jesus. 
If I got somebody that's 100% accurate, 100% of the time, I'm putting my money on that guy. And he said there's only two paths. Now, I know there's people that think, well, that's kind of narrow-minded, isn't it? Well, if you're right, you can afford to be narrow-minded. Remember, eternity is a destination that we're all going to arrive at. So what I want to do is I want to break this down over the next few moments. Number one, in your notes, there is a broad way. Literally, that word broad, when you look it up, it means spacious. It means wide. You can take anything you want to on that journey. You can take anybody you want to on that road with you. You can take, you can take your sins. You can take your ideas, your plans. You can be anything. You can do anything. You know what? On that broad way, you can even call yourself a Christian and travel that if you want to. Do what you want. Be what you want. Where you are. Why you are king of your own destiny. Yet this road has a very dark side to it. And soon we come to realization that we're not really in as much control as we think. One day, the piper will have to be paid. Moses, when he was serving in the kingdom of Pharaoh, he was a Hebrew. We know the story. We know how it all happened. He, uh, the, the Pharaoh was killing baby boys, and the mother of Moses decided to put the baby in a basket and send him down the river. Folks, Moses was the first basket case, so don't worry about yourself. He was... <laughs> okay, some of you guys will get that after you leave, okay? So they put him down the river, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh's daughter found the baby and said, Oh! I can have a baby and not nine months of agony. Yay, praise the Lord. Well, she didn't say praise the Lord. She said praise something. I don't know what she did. But she picked up the baby. And you know what? Moses' mom just happened to be on the bank and said, hey, I need a midwife. I'll pay you to take care of your son. Moses' mom said, I'm in. (laughs) So she starts taking care, raises Moses in the Pharaoh's kingdom. When he becomes old, he realizes I'm not Egyptian. I'm Hebrew. And he said these words. He said, I choose not to suffer or to enjoy. Listen to this. It's in your notes. The pleasures of sin for a season. I choose rather to suffer with my people. Ladies and gentlemen, sin. I've had people say, well, sin's terrible. No, I actually enjoyed it. Sin was lots of fun. And folks, you know, when I became a Christian, I became a good Christian. When I was a sinner, I was a good sinner. I, would, I couldn't imagine trying to be a Christian and living in sin. How miserable it must be. Moses said, I, I'm not going to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season only to spend eternity. What good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? The Bible says there's a wide way and a lot of Christians are walking it. And you know the sad thing? They know they're walking it. Because in their heart of hearts, they know they can't live the way they're living, do the things they're doing, say the things they're saying, be the person they now are, and still make heaven. I don't care what the pulpit tells you. Folks, pulpits are wrong. God's word is always right. Can you say amen? Amen. So the Bible goes on to say, there is a narrow way. Literally, that word narrow means a place that is defi- it's a defined way that is constricted. Literally with obstacles surrounding it. In some of your translations, it's called a straight gate. So what does it mean? What does it mean to be a, nar- a narrow gate? Well, the narrow way that the picture here gives us the idea that it's not the easiest road to walk, and it can be filled with difficulties. How many have found your Christian experience not just a bed of roses? And if it started out as a bed of roses, it wasn't long before you got through the petals and realized the thorns are still there. The narrow way is the exact opposite of the broad way. You see, on this road, you cannot do what you want. There isn't enough room for your desires and God's plan. 
Now, I know, well, you know, God said he'd give me the desire of my heart. Folks, that's not what the passage says. That's what many Christians have made it to say. That's just like the, the passage in Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We love to pull that right out of context. But you know what God is saying? He's pulling the, the people of Israel right out of hell itself. And he said, guys, you want to get your act together? This is the plan I have for you. But it's going to cost That scripture in, in Psalm where he said, I give you the desires of your heart. Literally what it says. When the Lord becomes your desire, his heart will become your plan. It's not the other way around. Our desires do not always fit in God's plan unless your desire is to be a part of God's plan. Walking the narrow way literally means giving up your rights. Folks, we live in a messed up world. Every time you flip the news on, somebody else is protesting their rights. Can I tell you something? I'll go back to my notes and just leave that thought lie. No longer, if we're going to walk this narrow way, no longer do we do as we please but we do what pleases the Lord. No longer do we say, well, I'm going to go here and there and and I'm going to buy this and buy that. No, he tells us in the book of James what you should say, if it's the Lord's will, I will do this, that, or the other thing. It is no longer us that make the rules. We follow his rules. You see, in the church of Jesus Christ, there's some people that have the mistaken idea that we can live as we please, and the Lord is obligated to bless us. That's not what God's word teaches. Well, you mean, well, the gospel means good news, doesn't it? Yeah, but you know why you know that it's good news? Because you also understand the horrible news that he just took you out of. You fully understand, I have good news because I don't have to face the bad news. Folks, Jesus did not come to this earth to become an additive to your life, nor to give you the warm and the fuzzy emotional feelings that people are trying to tout. He primarily came to save you and me from an eternity in hell. Can somebody say amen? This is why eternity is such a big issue. But as pastors, it's a whole lot easier not to preach this. We could fill these chairs times and times again. This kind of worship, how many think we got pretty incredible worship? Man, you have this kind of worship, you have, you know, an awesome pastor's wife and an yeah, okay pastor, but you know, you have that, I mean, you could fill the, just, just tweak the preaching a little bit, pastor. Folks, I can't. I'm going to answer for this. Are you okay with that? And you know that whole thing? What would a man give in exchange for his soul? I haven't found anything worth exchanging yet. So I think I'm going to stay where I'm at. Are you okay with that? We have a message to share. And it's not always an easy one. And in a nutshell, that message is simply this. God loves humanity. God is ready to forgive humanity. But if people want to reject his loving offer, they seal their own fate and secure their own judgment. This is why God tells me I must preach the whole counsel of God. So what happens if you walk the narrow way? Well, the first thing is you bring glory to God. You bring honor to God. The second thing that happens when you walk the narrow way is you bring his blessings into your life. The third thing that happens is your life becomes better in every way. Folks, before I got saved, I I, I was doing really, really well. I was doing really, really well. I was making lots of money. I was... uh, you know, very popular. And then all of a sudden, God interrupted my life. 
who the heck does he think he is? And he said, I didn't give that gift to you for your glory or the devil's. I gave it for my glory. And so I've had people come up to me over the years and say, Pastor, you, no, they didn't call me Pastor. Tim, you gave up your career for church? I said, folks, I didn't give up anything. All I did was return it to, my, to its rightful owner. And I started bringing him glory with it. And I started doing the things that he said. My life has gotten better in every way. Oh, has it not been without struggle? Has it not been without cost? Has it not been without difficulty? Folks, I can't even tell you how much that is. But folks, even though the road and the journey is a struggle, the retirement plan is out of this world. Can somebody say amen? You see, living... A life focused on eternity is a life that understands surrender, devotion, dedication, and obedience. Let me begin to wrap this up as we look at point three. So if eternity is a destination, what will it be like? Years ago, there was a saying that all roads lead to Rome. Well, today, folks, all roads lead somewhere. And I want to elaborate for the next few moments about this destination called eternity and what the end of the narrow way or the broad way will be like. Remember, it's a road we chose. God didn't choose it. God chose life. But he, told, he said, you choose the broad way, the narrow way. The first thing, and I thought I'd start with the problem before I got to the blessing is there is a very real place called hell. This is the eternal destination of the broad way. In another passage in the New International Version, the Bible calls it the road of destruction. So let me ask you a question. What do you think of when you think of destruction? Do you think about eternal or uh, ultimate annihilation, forever gone, being fully destroyed? Well, let me take you into what that word literally means when he talks about the Broadway and the road of destruction. Destruction literally means a total loss and absolute ruin. You will not be annihilated. In hell, eternally, we will be tormented day and night, but very much alive. Are you okay? My wife has been teaching on on Sunday mornings, or Tuesday mornings rather, they've been going through a series called Driven by Eternity. And uh, it's been a great series. And if, if you're interested in it, we're thinking about doing a portion of it on Wednesday night uh, here. And, and there's an actual book that you buy. If you're interested in getting a copy of that book, it, the book costs you know, $9.90 or something like that. So we sell it to you for 10 bucks. okay? We can get it here. I think it's 9 bucks, 9 something with shipping or plus shipping or something. But if you want to get a copy of that and you want to read up and get prepared uh, here in a few weeks as we uh, hope to talk about that on Wednesday night. So on Tuesday morning, ladies, if you're not working or if you get a break time, I encourage you to go. It is a tremendous, tremendous message. But in this place called hell, this very real place, the Bible says the worm dies not. The Bible says that fire is never quenched. And everything about life is gone, and just torment remains. What it literally means when it's talking about a place of destruction, it means that everything that was hoped for, planned, or desired will never be fulfilled. But let me share this with you folks. God has a plan. God has a desire. God has a hope for each of us. And it's up to you and I, not God, to see it fulfilled. And sadly, too many have rejected the hope and the plan for the walk they are taking on that roadway that is literally a highway to hell. I think it's kind of ironic, you know, that two very popular, uh, if you're an old rocker, you know, and I I used to like rock and roll music and country and all kinds of music, but they had two bands out of the 70s and 80s. One was called ACDC, and uh, the, the other one was called Led Zeppelin. And I thought the the irony of it, ACDC, one of their greatest hits of all time was called Highway to Hell. Some of you rockers are smiling. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) 
And then old, old Jimmy Page sat down and penned Stairway to Heaven. Now, I'm not going to get into all the satanic messages and all the mystery of it. But I just think the irony is interesting. Why did they talk about a highway to hell and only a small staircase to heaven? You think it could be that God was trying to even tell them? There's only a narrow way to heaven. But there is a broad way to hell. God has a plan for you. And regardless of what people think, hell is a real place. But let me take you to the other side of the coin. There's also a very real place called heaven. Can somebody get excited for a moment? Here in a couple weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend an entire Sunday talking about hell. Ooh, that's a day I can't wait to miss. <laughs> you really need to be here because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be I eye-opening, but I'm going to also spend an entire Sunday talking about heaven. There's a very real place called heaven, and I don't believe the church talks about it enough. I don't believe the church talks about hell enough. I mean, more than any other subject in all of Scripture, Jesus talked about hell. Do you think it might be an important issue? Why do you talk about it so much? He doesn't want anybody to go there. First Peter says, I'm not willing that any perish. Ezekiel said, I'm not, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. This very real place, a destination that is only met by the narrow way. Jesus called it a place of life everlasting, a glorious place. Two very distinct destinations. And you can't get to one on the road of the other. No matter how good you are, no how much you want. Well, you know, it's, it's my, my, I've got a whole future ahead of me. Your future can be gone in a hard second. The only future we have is the one that God wrote. And we won't know that until it ends. Folks, I lived my entire life for my career. And then God interrupted my life. Oh, I'm so thankful he interrupted my life. Because now I have more than a career. I've got eternity. I've got eternity. Can somebody say amen in the house of God? Folks, if you're on this narrow road, yes, you may not fit in with the rest of the world. Yes, you may be misunderstood. And yes, you may miss out on the pleasures of sin for a season. But can I tell you, at the end when you arrive at this eternal destination, the trials that you met on that road will be as if they were nothing. Jesus makes it very clear as the worship team comes. Jesus makes it very clear that man has to choose the gate. Man has to choose which gate he goes through and which life he lives. And by the destination that he or she makes, they make the decision of where they're going to spend eternity. You say, well, Pastor, if I'm, on the, if I'm on the broad road today, can I get on the narrow road? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Well, if I'm on the narrow road, am I secured? Only unless you decide to jump on the broad road. See, it's all a choice. Folks, when I woke up this morning, I, I had a choice. I had a choice. I chose. God. No, I didn't choose church. I chose God. Long before I ever chose church, I chose God. Every day, I make a decision. Which road am I going to walk on? Which life am I going to live? Jesus makes it very clear which gate gets to which destination. And if you do not choose the narrow gate... You're already lost. Now, I want to change a little bit of a misnomer here. There really is only one road you can choose. Because if you choose not to choose, you're already on the other road. Well, I just haven't decided yet. You know, my career, my, my, my this, my that, my, 
we're not promised tomorrow. Well, I, 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 want, I want the narrow road. My goodness, who doesn't want heaven? you got to get on the road. Well, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Okay. What happens if tomorrow doesn't come? If you haven't made the choice of the narrow road, you're already on the broad road. You're already destined to hell. You can't make that judgment call. I didn't. God's word did. My job is just to tell you, you have a choice. And I happen to be a pastor that's not afraid of offending you into heaven. But I promise you, I'll never pacify you into hell. God's word says there's one way and that way has a name. His name is Jesus. I don't want you to look at your notes. I don't want you to bow your heads. I want you to look at me. What road are you on? What road are you on? Oh yeah, well I'm not sure. Oh yeah, you are. You know exactly what road you're on. You're a Christian, but nobody at work knows you're a Christian. Nobody at school knows you're a Christian. Your home, your kids don't know you're a Christian. God forbid your wife knows you're a Christian. Your husband. Folks, if they don't know just by the life you're living, you're not. Well, are you judging me? I'm just stating fact. Well, how, how, how do I know? You're not ashamed of him. You're living a life that they know what you are. They may not like where you stand, but they know where you stand. When we first started this church, most of you that, that are, have been part of our church, I worked at Chase Bank. I've never worked at a bank in my life, but God opened the door and I spent four and a half years at Chase Bank. Do you know, everybody at Chase Bank knew what I was. When they got together to tell their little stories, they wouldn't invite me. Matter of fact, if, if I thought they were having a meeting or something that I was missing, and I'd walk over to them, and, and, and they'd say, uh, <clears throat> you don't want to be here, Tim. Then, oh, okay. See, they knew where I stood. Oh, I had some of them not like where I stood, but they knew where I stood. You know, long before I became a banker, I was a Christian. Long before I became a pastor, I was a Christian. Christian just means Christ-like. And I know, I know some of us say, well, Pastor, I, I just can't stand up and do that. Really? Are you willing to stake eternity on it? Put that scripture back up, Bob, would you? Matthew, Mark 8. If you're ashamed of me, now, being ashamed of him does not mean you're cursing him. It does not mean that you're, that you're uh, you know, doing whatever. It's just not, you're just not living for him. I teach on the rapture in this church. And you know what I find in the scripture? That when that trumpet blows, the Bible says the only people that are going are the people watching for him you may be in church that day and you look around everybody's gone but you why your life wasn't being lived see that's what it means to be watching for him I'm living my life for him eternity is a real destination it has two locations and all of us That career that I had revolved around that little instrument back there. At one time, I was an incredible guitar player. One time, I was an incredible singer. I don't say that arrogantly or, or proudfully. I was really good. I was preparing to sign a record contract with RCA Records. Is RCA still around? 
<laughs> Folks, I, I was, I quit. You ever heard of a group called Alabama? Anybody here ever heard of Alabama? Yeah. My band was going to start opening for Alabama. That was our next tour. Well, I was on my way. And God said, really? I got another plan. And so you know what I did? I set it down. And now the only time I touch it is to worship Him. See, folks, I know what a career looks like. Oh, I was ticked at God. Did you ever get ticked at God? I said, God, I looked my whole life. Now, folks, I've never smoked a drug, a joint. I've never popped a pill. You can count on one hand in my life how many times I've been drunk. I hated it all. I got high on music. I love music. And I got mad at God. I said, God, I can make a good living. I'm not going to chase women. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to chew. And I won't hang around with those who do. And God said, that's fine. It's just not what I gave the gift to you for. I gave it to bring glory to me. And you know, since I've given it to him, I have sang and played and preached to hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. I know what a career's like. But one day, many years ago, God said, do you want to look at time or do you want to look at eternity? Where do you want to focus? And since that day, my eyes have been like flint on eternity. I preach to you, begging you, what road are you on? What road are you on? If you're not sure, I'm going to open these altars and I ask you to step out of your chair and just recommit your life and say, God, I want to make sure I'm on the right road. I know it's going to be rough. I might even lose friends. I might even lose family. But I'm not going to lose eternity. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? These altars are open. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.